Hey, I'm Chris from the RM Hub. Welcome to this next episode of Break Time. I'm joined today by top BBC producer and director, Claire Hicks. So you're a producer slash director at the BBC, but what does that mean? I work in documentaries, so I suppose it's worth saying it means something different in documentaries from what it would mean in drama or in comedy, for example. In documentaries, it basically means that you're in charge of the kind of major decisions on a documentary. So, yeah, it's two roles combined. The producer generally is someone who kind of is in charge of making things happen. So whether that's, you know, getting in touch with people, arranging to interview them, making sure you don't go over budget, sort of those kinds of things. Director is a bit more in charge of the visuals. They would be on location, asking the questions, um, and in the edit, they'd be overseeing that side of things. So, and mostly in documentaries, you're expected to do both of those roles in one. Kind of, it means you're like, I suppose it's like a filmmaker, really, and then you would tend to have like a few people on your team around you supporting you. Roles in TV can be really confusing to outsiders. It's almost like a sort of code. When I first started, it was like the first job to try and understand what everyone's roles were. Yeah, it sort of just magically appears to us on the screen and <laughs> it's easy to not think that so much goes into it. Yeah, people are always shocked by how long it takes to make an hour of television. Yeah, I'm interested, what was your journey into media like? I'd say it was quite tough. <laughs> I've, yes, I finished university and I knew I wanted to do something kind of broadly in the media. I started off just closest to home doing some work experience at my local newspaper. And then uh, I kind of thought it wasn't really for me because I suppose I felt it was too much about like getting the facts and reporting the facts and you weren't really able to do much by way of creative storytelling. That's what I felt about it. And then I did a month of work experience at the BBC on a history series. When I was there, I thought, oh, this job's amazing. I kind of didn't really know that it existed, but it was, I was doing research for this series. So then after that, I spent, I think it was about a year in the end, doing little bits and bobs, like runner jobs, waitressing jobs, tutoring jobs, um, just anything to try and build up a bit of experience. And then while I tried to look for something that would actually pay <laughs> a paid tv job and then i got my first television job at an independent production company called newtopia working on a program about the nazis after about a year sounds like a pretty interesting starting point when you got a final job but what what's the difference between like an independent company and like working directly for the bbc in some ways there's very little difference a lot of the television that gets made is made by independent companies the difference is more like in a kind of you know, just working for a big company and all the things that come with that, I suppose, as opposed to anything about the sort of types of role you'll be doing. Oh, and independent companies um, will typically make content for like anyone from, you know, Netflix to Channel 4, whereas obviously if you work at the BBC, mainly you'll be making content just for the BBC channels. Yes, I guess it could be quite interesting when like an independent, you get the opportunity to work on more, maybe a wider range of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I would really recommend it to people. And I think it's one of the things that um, certainly I, when I finished university, didn't even know existed. All I knew is like the channels that I had seen. And so that those were the only ways I could think of for getting into television. And I think someone sat down with me and explained to me, actually, most of the TV that you see is made by these things called independent companies or in the industry, they're referred to as indies. And once you realise about them, they're like the whole world is opened up to you. Um, and yeah, they offer you lots of kind of variety of work that maybe you wouldn't get if you were, went straight to a broadcaster. 
I think one thing that a lot of people maybe wonder is, you know, there's a lot of courses out there at university, like media courses and all sorts. And people might wonder whether they need to study one of them or what they need to study. What did you study at university? I studied history. I hadn't really thought about as far ahead as a career. I feel like this is probably quite a common thing, isn't it? People like yeah. <laughs> study just the thing they've got a passion for. And I guess like in your first in your first project, you got to work on something that was history. So that's that's quite cool. For me, I think it helped me get in because it was almost a way that I was able to stand out from the other applicants to that particular position because I was able to talk really kind of confidently about what I had been studying recently and how it related to that particular project. And how does it help you now? Does it does it still help the fact that you studied history? To be honest, I think what a history degree does is teaches you to um, like take in a lot of information, weigh up the um, credibility of different sources and construct an argument. And actually, that is quite a similar um, task to what you're doing in TV, you know, um, making a programme. So I, I think as a kind of intellectual training, it did help. It sort of depends on what kind of thing you want to make because I think if like where I started you know obviously in like history tv you, you would find it hard to get an entry-level job without a degree um it probably wouldn't even have to be in history but in something like you know English literature or one of those types of humanity subjects but I think for the types of things say like 24 hours in police custody or those kinds of shows observational shows that don't have such kind of facts at their heart, I suppose. And my impression is that if you'd studied a media type thing, you would be quite skilled at the point of graduation in camera and all that kind of technical stuff, which means you'd be sort of much more helpful on one of those kind of teams than if you'd studied something else. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know how helpful that is because I guess it's hard to know when you're starting out exactly what kind of TV you want to make, but yeah different subjects can help you in different types of genres yeah I guess that's quite interesting because a lot of people would just think you have to study media even if you was going to do like going as a producer or a director or that was what you was working towards and going back to before university what did you study at A level I studied history English French and geography okay so you was always sort of into history yeah yeah there was never really much of a choice for me because drop yeah. science as soon as I could. <laughs> but to be fair, I think I'm, I'm the opposite way around. I like history. I find it interesting, but I'm just not good at it. How can young people get relevant work experience and what sort of would be relevant work experience, do you think? I would say basically it's like a very relationship-driven industry. So the best thing you can do is try to seek out individuals who are doing jobs that you would want to do and contact them on a personal basis and say I really liked this program you made I would love to do work experience with you and that's kind of relatively easy to do because obviously you can just look at the names on the credits so I would look out for the producer director or the executive producer and then most people especially in tv you can find them on twitter or you can find them on LinkedIn shouldn't be too hard to track the person down and just send them a nice message saying what you liked about their program I think a lot of people would be really receptive to that and then if you want to try a more formal route I think it's really good to look at some of the charities that 
set people up with mentors you know that one person has a whole network that they can introduce you to so I don't know all of them but one of them I've been working with the last uh, few months is called Arts Emergency and they work with students in year 12 primarily so it'd be worth looking them up and when you say sort of charities I guess it would it could help as well like doing things like just if a charity needs some filming doing or something like that you could even just do it on your camera phone or something like that and that would help yeah definitely definitely well really um anything you can do to kind of practice those skills you know filming editing anything you can do to practice those is gonna set you in good stead um when you are looking for jobs because not only is it going to show that you're enthusiastic which is probably the number one thing i think one of the important points you said um sort of when you're contacting people if you want work experience with someone who's works on a documentary you said to actually say you know contact them and say that you like the documentary but i guess if you contact them and just say that was a good documentary. Can I get some work experience? It might, it might not be as receptive as if you say, like, you know, this is a good documentary. This is why I liked it. And uh, it would be really good to get some work experience. Yeah, I think you can't, you almost can't put a value on that. And it's such a, um, it's an unusual thing, I suppose, if you're looking at getting into this industry, because you couldn't really usually contact someone who works in the bank and say, I love the way you negotiated that deal or something you know you really have access to these people's work and um you know people love talking about their work a lot of the time and love engaging with other people about their work so i don't know why people don't do it more it feels like quite an obvious way to try and make contacts and things like most people i know in tv it's never happened to them i guess it's one one of the sort of sometimes the most obvious thing it was like the least the the last thing Mm. of doing yeah i think back to me i would have been just like looking on the BBC Work Experience website. No, I would never have thought of it as like, let's track down individuals. It's yeah. maybe just not the way you think when you're, the way you're taught about careers, I suppose, is like, you know, just more like corporate organised routes. I think most people don't think a, a career in media could be for them, I guess. That is another thing, definitely. And I think, like you say, people just think that television just appears there and then even yeah. if, like when I first started, there was a team that was developing new ideas, the development team. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, of course that makes sense. Otherwise, how does TV get, how do the ideas come? But it's just not a job that I'd ever conceived of. If you could say one thing to your younger self, what would it be? I would say to talk to people more about their jobs and what they like about them and what they don't like about them. Because I spent a lot of years when I was younger, before uni, during uni, after uni, in a bit of a kind of frozen terror about what I wanted to do which prevented me from kind of making much progress and just go, going down some rabbit holes. And I think if I'd engaged a bit more with anyone, anyone around you, anyone you meet, what do they do? What's good about it? What's not, about, not good about it? I just would have had a bit more of a head start, I think, in understanding what was out there. And I guess sort of once you got into your career, you know, in media, especially at the level you're at now, you, it must be quite busy and you you obviously like got to find out what shows you can produce. Um, you got to like you were saying the other day that you were sort of pitching a show. Then you've got to go out and actually produce it as well. How is your work life balance? Do you find that you actually have any life outside of work? Yeah, I actually think my work life balance is really good. But you always have times when you're working really intensely on something. You know, sometimes the edits really long hours, or sometimes you're away on a shoot. But I think because of the way projects work, you'll have often the beginning bit where you're just doing some preparation you know that there's sort of different phases than 
<clears throat> it kind of averages out that you yeah you have quite a decent balance and especially when you get to the level you're directing it's kind of up to you you know you can work yourself to the ground if you want to, if you want to kind of like when you're at university or at school but you do if you can manage your time then you can have the balance whatever balance you want but I suppose the only difference is the people if you're like some people seem to get in a, a mode of doing a lot of their jobs away so then if you know if you're working in the states filming for six weeks you lose your life <laughs> for that time which obviously gets harder when people were parents and things like that a lot of the the jobs that I've done in the last few years have been you know within a kind of an hour of where I live filming so I've been really lucky actually and very grateful to have that work-life balance as well as doing an interesting job. What's the best part about your job? The best part about working in the documentaries is that it has to be interesting all the time otherwise you're doing it wrong because you're trying to find people and ideas that the audience will find interesting so you have to be meeting interesting people, going to interesting places and telling good stories because otherwise it won't work for the audience. So by default, you know, every day is going to be full of stuff that you find personally interesting. Also, the second thing is um, it's really satisfying to spend months or sometimes a year or more on a project, put so much into it and then see it as a whole, you know, it's so satisfying when you see an hour or whatever be broadcast on television all your friends could have an opinion about it you know your parents friends can tell you what they think about it it's really um, I think yeah it's a really wonderful thing that you can have input into a, something that can touch lots of people it's amazing your job changes the world in a way because <laughs> you've sort of educated people it sounds it probably sounds extreme to you but I mean from a point of view of an outsider you you're sort of educating people on so many different topics that might not even know exist. Yeah, if you're doing it properly, you should be able to, I guess, be able to educate people and change the world in some positive ways. One of the programmes you've worked on is How to Break Into the Elite. So obviously you've produced and directed that show. Looking at that show, why do you think that it lets young people from lower socioeconomic and diverse backgrounds go into professional careers? I think... Media specifically, if you're looking at entry level, I think the main barrier at the moment is how precarious those entry level jobs are. You'd be looking at, you know, a sort of few weeks run a job on a really low salary with no potential, with no idea what's coming up next. You know, the job security is abysmal at the start and actually, you know, (laughs) not much better when you get on further. And so, of course, if you're not, you know, if you're from a lower socioeconomic background, that is just not going to be an appealing thing. That's the main structural barrier in the media. There's obviously lots of other factors as well, but I think that's the central thing. And then across the board, well, there's the um, the traditional reliance by the elite employers on the sort of Russell Group universities, which uh, have a particularly high concentration of people from more privileged backgrounds. That is something that I think quite a few employers are starting to look again at about whether they really only want to recruit from certain universities. And then there's, yeah, some of the stuff that we looked at in How to Break Into the Elite, where, you know, people recruiting in their own image or people mistaking privilege for talent and those kind of social and cultural factors that seem to count a lot of the time in favour of people from more privileged backgrounds and against those from less privileged backgrounds, um, even if the less privileged um, candidates might have had to 
you know, work harder to get to that point. So do you think young people need to go to university to be a success? So only talking about my industry, because I think yeah. it's kind of too hard to generalise. I would say if you want to make documentaries, it generally does help. There's always exceptions to that. And it might be that you stumble into an idea for a documentary, you just make it on your own, ends up being really successful online, and then you start your career from there. But typically, it will really help you to have a degree if you want to make documentaries. So generally, if you, if you should go to university to be successful, I think it's too big a question for me to answer. Yeah, I think generally there's obviously so many different routes, but yeah. Mm. I guess sort of it's a bit risky in it if someone just make makes a documentary and hopes it works well and right and sort of rests it all on that. Yeah, just thinking about people I know in the industry, there's I can yeah, I think of maybe one or two that have had that sort of route. And also I can think of one or two that did apprenticeships. And I think yeah. the apprenticeships that the broadcasters run are really good, but I just know that the places are so limited. I guess like if yeah. someone did a degree like history or something like that, it also gives them that option if they decide that media is not for them though they can go into something else but if they do an apprenticeship in media i guess that that is the limitation of apprenticeships it sometimes does limit it yeah if you do it just in one industry yeah me personally just having such little idea of what i wanted to do at age 18 i think it's amazing if people do know young enough and when they're choosing an apprenticeship <laughs> if they don't i would say yeah something like history does seem to set you up fairly well for um a pretty broad range of careers that involve if you know that you put like that you like sort of ideas and arguments and that kind of thing then I think it would set you up for quite a lot of different careers that use those skills and what's your biggest advice for young people my biggest advice for young people is don't this is I know it's easier said than done but I'm gonna say it anyway it's don't be intimidated like don't let other people make you think that they know what they're doing more than you or they're better than you because they probably don't really and a lot of people are blagging it you know however high up you go <laughs> in whatever organization but people don't really know what they're doing um so if you let your inner critic persuade you that they do then you're just going to lose out <laughs> and i think you know it's probably something i've let go of a bit more recently but i would always be you're so intimidated walking into a building like the BBC or you know meeting these people and thinking oh gosh they must be so amazing I'm so inferior to them but it's um if you're passionate you know and you want to do it then you are as good as anyone else yeah I guess sort of it's that imposter syndrome isn't it um, people feel like yeah always belong there I used to watch boxing growing up and it was, <laughs> it's a totally different thing but there was this boxer called Prince Nassim Hamid and he, mm. he him just saying about one of the, it was like the best boxer in the world who was going up against him. He's like, he's got two arms and two legs like me. And I guess, you know, yeah. saying it's exactly the same. And it's different when it's, you know, it's more using the brain power in, <laughs> in the professional world than punching you. Well, I like to think so. With television, anyone could, anyone's a potential audience member, right? What we're trying to do is make TV that the audience wants. And then each one of us is an, is an audience member. So, everyone's opinion is equally valid in that way like yeah sometimes people are really quiet in meetings because they think, oh maybe what i don't what i have to say is not worth worthy or valid because i don't have as much experience as all these other people no like <laughs> they need to hear what you think as much as you need to hear what they think but it's um it's just so easy to be intimidated when you're starting out someone has the idea of some of i guess there's like groundbreaking programs like big brother um when it first started if someone didn't have a bit of an idea that's totally different to uh, to what the people who I mean 
I always imagined yeah. when he started, big, we thought of like Big Brother to be like a young person. I don't know why. Mm. Um, but it's just so different to what had gone on before that point. Young people are the audiences that broadcasters are struggling to attract. Like, yeah. you know, and also that, you know, they're like really the focal point of all the main broadcasters at the moment. How do we attract more young people? So any young people are the primary people that anyone should be listening to in a television office. The, the, you know, even though they might have the least experience, their mindset, their ideas, the way they approach things is so useful. <laughs> and like, I think maybe just bearing that in mind, I might not be like most experienced, but these guys need me. <laughs> I might help feeling a bit more confident in some of those environments. And that's another thing if you're approaching people saying, oh, I loved your programme, I'd love to come and do some work experience with you. This is what I should have said as well. You know, ideas are really the currency of television. So if, if you have an idea for a programme, you could just write to someone and say, I loved your programme, I think I've got another idea, what about this? And I'd love to do some work experience. Then that person immediately knows that you're bringing something to the table. Even if the idea doesn't go anywhere, like it's one of the most valuable things that you can offer. You went, you went from history at university and now you're producer slash director at BBC, which some people, to me as well, just seems like the biggest, the coolest job in the world. But what <laughs> next? Is it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. But what's next for you? So I am sticking around the BBC for about the next year or so. I am making a follow-up to How to Break into the Elite which, well, it's sort of on pause until filming can be done in a slightly more normal world. So I'll be hopefully doing that next year. And then in the meantime, I'm doing a, another series for BBC Two, which actually I can't really talk about. Um, but it will be on in the spring. I guess there's quite a lot of um, sort of secrecy around the new programmes and that type of thing. Yeah, some programmes is easier to talk about than others i suppose thanks a lot for uh, <laughs> taking the time to speak to us it's a pleasure being super busy so it's uh it's really appreciated and i feel like it'll inspire a lot of people to hear that's good so i open in uh, the industry thanks for that you're welcome i would really urge anyone to consider a career in television i think it's so rewarding so interesting really challenging in a fun way really satisfying it is hard those first few years to finding your way in and settling in but it's just really worth 